Hello and welcome back to the Hoops Crush Podcast. I actually don't remember what episode this is, but today is pretty much a reunion show. Last week, we did not get to record Thanksgiving and I ended up getting sick. There was just a lot going on last week, but I'm glad to finally be back to talk about our 5-12 and 12 Portland Trailblazers. And uh, Eric, before we go any further, man, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, other than obviously getting sick, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was before Thanksgiving, and then it was only a twenty-four-hour bug, thankfully. And then my family, my whole family, ended up getting it worse than I did. Oh so no! It was a disaster. But hope everyone's was, okay now. Yeah, everyone's good now. But man, I was like washing bed sheets every night because of throw oh. up, and it was a terrible time. But it's all gone now, thankfully, which is why obviously Eric and I did not record it all last week because I had that going on, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Holiday week. Took the week off. It's all good. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about our 5-12 and 12 Portland Trailblazers. So, obviously, there's a lot of games. We did not get to recap last week. Um, we can, like, just briefly I, – I can briefly just go ahead and tell you that um, I think the last game we ta- – we can't. We don't even remember the last game we talked about. That's how long <laughs> it's been. But uh, I think it was some, somewhere around the Jazz's in-season tournament game and the Cavs game. But, obviously, we end up losing to the Utah Jazz. We lose to the Cavaliers next night. And then the Lakers-Blazers game, I definitely remember watching this game because I fell asleep during it, so I don't even remember the end of it, to be honest with you. And then, uh, as you guys know, or if you don't know, uh, I am banned or League Pass blacks out Thunder, Denver, and uh, Minnesota games, so I can't watch any of those. And honestly, it's probably, yeah, I can't watch any of their games, which really sucks because I want to watch Minnesota games, Denver games, but I can't, unfortunately. So they're all blacked out. So I just took a break from watching that Thunder, you know, Thunder-Blazers game and you know, it wasn't a bad game to take a break on. We got absolutely blown out. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one is forgettable. <laughs> yeah. So even uh, Chauncey burned the tape from that one. He said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bad game. Uh, and then Suns Blazers. Suns beat us. It's safe to say we're not going to be going. You know, any. You know, any. Or we're not going to be going far in the end season tournament game. Unfortunately, our end season tournament, we won't be getting to the um, winning or the main stage. And then you got. The Jazz, where we finally get a win. Uh, I believe the this is the game that Scoot returned, if I'm not mistaken. Is that because uh, Scoot came off the bench? And uh, what I noticed in this game when Scoot first got here, uh, when he first came back, uh, obviously trying to get his teammates involved, only played 17 minutes. But I loved, I absolutely loved the, the ball movement uh, as soon as Scoot comes back. I don't know. It just felt like we were moving the ball more in that game rather than the pass. A- am I wrong to think that? Or it just felt like when I was watching that, we were moving the ball a lot more. Well, I think a little bit is, uh, I mean, Skyler did a pretty good job of setting up the offense and stuff while Scoot was out. But uh, Brogdon had come back, I think, the game before that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, it just, it, I think it was more just a product of having actual ball handlers yeah, on the court versus, uh, you know, we tried, like Sharp did his best to run some of the offense and Skyler, like I said, did a pretty good job of handling that um but it's just a whole new level when you have uh your main guys back i think but yeah, yeah. definitely scoot uh I, more uh, less so i guess in the the next few games we'll talk about but in that game in particular yeah he definitely didn't seem like he wanted to shoot that much and was looking to pass yeah definitely and then we had uh, the Bucks and the Blazers game on a Sunday. This was an early game. I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely hate it when there's a game on Sunday because Sundays for me, I watch football all day and I don't care yeah. about anything else. Uh, so uh, I didn't have this game on for the most part. And I was like, I was, what? you know, look, yeah, I it's know. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. Okay. So here's the story. I didn't have this game on for the most part, but I was, you know, keeping uh, up with it. And it was just because I like sweating my fantasy football league. That's all basically. Okay. But. Uh, we were up 30 at one point, it felt, or I think, if I'm remembering correctly. It was 26, I think. Was yeah, and I turned, so I was like, okay, the game's going well when I'm not watching it. Then Scoot was like three of three from three or something like that. I turned the game on for like, uh, you know, like five minutes, and then we just started blowing the lead away. So I was like, okay, I'm turning this game off because I was like superstitious. And then uh, I ended up watching the end of it uh, because it was a really close game, like with like, I don't know, like four minutes left or something like that. And yeah, we let the... Let the Bucks come back. Uh, Damian Lord had a great game against us, of course. Um, but yeah, Scoot had 13 in this game, I believe. Yeah, Scoot 13 points, Jeremy Grant 22. But yeah, we blew a big lead. Who saw that coming? Giannis and Dame uh, just absolutely, you know, led the led the troops back on us. Yeah, another uh, fourth quarter lull for the Blazers, where they don't score for several minutes, and 
Uh, it's been a theme in every game they've had a chance to win this year. Uh, but yeah, outside of that game, you know, Scoot comes back and that's, we've won two out of three games, but probably should have won all three of them. Um, but yeah, that was, that one was disappointing because Dame wasn't playing great. And Scoot has this like step back three on him in the corner. And, uh, uh, it was, it was just, it was fun. Like it was, it was weird watching or playing against Dame, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really wanted to beat them because, like, I felt like that would have been a really good win. And uh, the team seemed to be feeling themselves for a while when they were up big. Uh, but just a complete meltdown, unfortunately. Yeah, and then I think Dame got, like, a wide-open three at the, the at the end or something like that. I was like, yep, that's going in. And sure enough, it that was <laughs> yeah. that was what salted away uh, the loss for us, unfortunately, after having a big lead. Now, if this would have been in Portland, I would have made sure I watched this game. But the fact that it was in okay. Milwaukee, I was like, okay, it's fine. Even so, Dave said it felt like a, just another game, but... Uh, so you can't watch any of the games, even, like, road games for those teams? For Yeah, Denver, Oklahoma City, and... Uh, who does Denver, Oklahoma City, and Minnesota. I can't Minnesota. watch any of their games at all because the league what? pass collects them all out for me. That's so, so weird. Cause, whenever like, we play them, obviously I know I could go illegally stream it, but I hate dealing with those streams, so I don't... Mm-hmm. I just... I used to, but it's annoying to click... F, you guys if you if you yeah. do it you know what 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 yeah, it yeah, is yeah. with it well yeah like i think in portland it's like 35 miles within the portland city limits like you're you get blacked out but i think, I think it's because i'm like in such a weird area where we don't have a professional team like i'm next to obviously those three teams well you should get them all then i know that would be great you, but so you don't get any of their local feeds either no no. See, it'd be different if you got their local feed and you could watch games on, like... I could be wrong about that. In the past, I've been able to watch Denver games on their network, Sky Sports, I think is what mm-hmm. it is. And I've turned their games on before when we've... Uh, I've turned it on before when we... But that was, like, when I was on my at my mom's house and she had, like, other... Like, it was, like, Dish or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know if I have it on YouTube TV or not. I, I definitely hmm. need to look into that, but I'm pretty sure I don't. But, yeah, it's, it sucks, man. Uh, so, whenever those three... Whenever we play those teams where I'm not going to be able to watch it most likely. So it's unfortunate because I just hate dealing with those streams. Yeah. Even if we were like a really good team, I would probably deal with it, but you know, it's whatever. I'll just take those breaks, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but we did get a win last night against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Hal Burton was lighting us up in the first quarter. I mean, the man was just making all kinds of shots. Um, Hal Burton is one of my favorite players to watch and the Pacers are a fun team because of how fast they play. But he lights us up with 33 uh, scoop uh, with only or with 13 in this game. Sharp got going uh, at first and then uh, kind of slowed down as the game went on. Jeremy Grant has been pretty amazing, man. 34 points for him on the uh, on the night. Brogdon at the very beginning was upsetting me a little bit. Felt like he was never passing the ball. He was just taking it in, shooting whatever he wanted to do. It felt like he didn't realize he had teammates on the floor. And then DeAndre Ayton, what a great game from him. DeAndre Ayton's been really good as well, uh, but. The main thing that I've been seeing about this game in particular is that possession by Scoot where he looks like absolutely, or it was when we were on defense and like there, I don't know. I've seen a bunch of videos where people are calling Scoot a bust or whatever. And you know, that's a topic of conversation, but in this, in this particular game, there was a play where like Scoot looked absolutely lost after the Pacers got an offensive board and Obi top and like does the most silliest pump fake or, you know, acting like he passed and Scoot just absolutely fell for it. And people are just absolutely dogging on Scoot for it. So that was one thing that I've been seeing a lot about this game. But other than that, we got to win. And Tamani Kamara also um, uh, love Tamani Kamara, man. Just love yeah. the way he plays, man. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job in the first quarter on, on Halliburton, even though he kind of went off. Um, I felt like he didn't get the benefit of some whistles and, and got some ticky-tacky calls. But uh yeah, in terms of Sharp's defense or uh, Scoot's defense, um, I, I think he's actually been better than I thought he'd be on defense um, so far. I, I mean, he's going to mess up some plays. He's a rookie. Uh, but I think if you're just talking about what he's done best so far, <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably his defense um, because his offense is, is struggling pretty bad. Even, outside of hitting some threes the last couple of games. 
Um, are you concerned at all about Scoot long term? No, are you I'm not. completely I mean, in the camp? Of... I know, obviously, the popular opinion right now is he's a bust. That's what people want to see. You know, negativity is something a lot of people feed off of. But uh, I usually don't go too crazy. Like, even like Bryce Young and Carolina right now. Like, obviously, that looks terrible right now. But I'm not over here saying, okay, the Panthers, you know, you know, Stroud looks much better. It's just another example. Like, you shouldn't overreact to player, certain players blossom at later times. And, you know, maybe if, if, it, if this was like year three and this was still the case, obviously, go ahead and say that. But it's only year one. I'm not too panicked by it. I think eventually he'll be fine. I mean, we at least got to hope for it, right? Um, and at, he also was like blowing some layups that I feel like he could have made in this game and in past games as well. Uh, so I think his box score numbers would look a lot better, obviously, if he was just, you know, able to hit some of his layups and miss some pretty uh, easy ones, in my opinion. But I'm not concerned with Scoot long term, uh, not yet, at least. Uh, and I don't think I'll be this whole season. If he plays like this this whole season, which I don't expect him to, I'm not going to like overly panic and be like, oh, my gosh, we made a mistake. Like, it's just be patient. I mean, we're not even trying to be. I mean, I don't. I guess Cronin and them thought maybe they could be good this year, but. I mean, I, it's not that big of a deal to me, in my opinion. Yeah, I I do get a little concerned about some of his just, I don't know, he seems a lot more awkward on the court than I thought he'd look this year. Um, everything seems a little clunky. Like, he doesn't, it feels like the ball isn't comfortable in his hands when he's dribbling. Um, he, he dribbles, like, high a lot or, it like, gets caught in his hand a lot and um he teeters on the edge of double dribbling or traveling a lot it seems like or not knowing where to go with his dribble and then his finishing has just been abysmal this year um which i was really hoping that was something that would be you know at least average to uh slightly above average right away in the nba uh but the good thing is a lot of those things are fixable um uh, if he puts in the work so as long as he remains dedicated to basketball and and uh, wants to get better, I, I'm not too concerned about it. But he does look a lot worse as like just a facilitator slash um, just setting up the offense. It just seems really um, – he just seems out of sorts a lot when he has the ball. And that didn't – I didn't. I didn't ever think I would be saying that about him this year. I, I thought we'd maybe be talking about how his lack of outside shot leads to defenses playing off of him, so he can't drive as much. But he he just hasn't found a way to use his athleticism and the good parts of his game to um, impact uh, the flow of games too much yet. Um, and hopefully that'll that'll change soon. Yeah, I mean. The finishing's got to change. Obviously, his numbers right now aren't great at all. Um, we just, we pretty much just have to hope that this is not going to... I mean, the game just seems really fast for him, as you're saying. Right. That is something that I didn't even know that... Yeah, definitely. He, it does look clunky right now for him. He just does not look comfortable, which is, you know, obviously something nobody really expected. He was a generational prospect. At least we thought he'd be somewhat decent right now, and it just isn't that at the moment. Even Joe Cronin said he wasn't a normal 19-year-old, and... So far, I mean, it would have been absolutely funny if we still had Damian Lord and this was Dame's help right now with Scoot. I don't right. know. Maybe it would have looked different, but like it right now, it's not great. It doesn't look good. Um, we just have to hope that the game is going to slow down for him, which I fully expect it to. Uh, at least I hope so. I'm holding optimism that this isn't going to be the Scoot we see all season, uh, and eventually things are going to slow down for him, and he'll be a lot better, hopefully. Yeah, this whole game is kind of based on, uh, not to steal DeAndre's nickname, but dominating, you know, like he's got the overly determined to dominate thing trademarked and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's just weird because that's like, he just has so much like swag on the court um, prior to the, you know, the NBA. And it seemed like he was just so like confident and and cocky and stuff not necessarily in a bad way or anything just um uh, like really i don't know like his whole vibe and energy and stuff seemed infectious uh and i just i'm having trouble figuring out why that's not like 
showing itself in the NBA yet and why it's not rubbing off on teammates and stuff like that like it has for him in the past. Um, but hopefully it's just being a rookie and he's learning how to do that. And like you said, the game definitely seems uh, like it's moving too fast for him right now. So if he ever, if it ever clicks and he, and it slows down for him, I, I think I'll be fine. Yeah. You're, that absolutely is true. Something that I didn't even think about with this off season. It felt like he said all the right things. He seems overly confident that he was going to be ready right away. And this, as you said, the swag was here and, um, and even in the summer league, some of his interviews and just every, every time I heard him talk, it just like, yeah, this guy is an absolute dog. And mm-hmm. so far it has not showed at all. And it's just been disappointing to watch, which is why obviously he is getting the bus label at the moment. People love to overreact and that <laughs> tends to happen. Uh, I'm not willing to go that far at all yet. I will, I will not go that far at all this season. Yeah, We got, we just got to hope things turn around for him uh mm-hmm. and well we'll, well be fine you got hurt too so he's still... yeah that didn't help of course with the ankle yeah. injury but yeah and it was hurt this summer hopefully that's not a theme that was like oh, constantly man. hurt or anything but uh knowing the blazers not going <laughs> he's gonna be cursed uh but no i i think as long as as long as he's healthy and he gets reps the rest of the season knows what he has to work on next summer to come in and and be better next year yeah i'm not worried about this year either so going forward what is i mean i've i think i asked you this a couple weeks ago um with anthony simons maybe eventually coming back uh do you think this team is about to maybe turn things around this season or do you think we're still just gonna be like a bottom dweller because obviously it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like because our best player went down first game of the season, so we haven't really fully got what we wanted to see. Do you think there's a world where we turn this train around and go on maybe a win streak when Simons comes back? Obviously, maybe not right away when he gets reps in, gets, uh, you know, obviously um, slowly put in the put in on uh, in minutes. What do you think? Do you think we could turn this season around? Well, we've played a lot of close games. Um there's been several games that we should have won. So if we had like one more good player in some of those, you'd think maybe those would turn into W's. Um, so it's certainly possible. We're not too far out of the play-in. I think it's like three games or something at this point. Um, so yeah, anything is possible. Uh, I just, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens between now and February 8th, I think is the trade deadline. Um, because I think... Well, I'm hoping that the outcomes of the games between now and then aren't the deciding factor on roster moves. I hope they have a long-term mindset when it comes to that. And so, but I could definitely see them, you know, we've seen it before, like without, even without Dame, the four game win streak a couple of years ago, right before the trade deadline and it affects how this team views the future and stuff. And they talk about in the off season about, well, if we just play like those four games, you know, so I could definitely see them once Anthony comes back going on a little run, Aiden's been hot shooting the ball. Um, The defense has been okay. Like decent outside of probably the thunder game wasn't good, but outside of that, I, I think the defense has been much improved and, uh, they got some role players that are playing well, and then you get a dynamic score like Anthony back. That's one of their big problems um, outside the last couple of games has been their three-point shooting all year. So you get one of the better shooters in the league back and someone who can run the offense. You talked about how it looked like the offense was much better once Scoot came back. Came back. So getting Anthony back, I think, will also give us one more guy that can just create and, and score and um you and i both thought anthony was going to break out this year so it's such a shame that he got hurt in the first game but uh i still think he's going to at this point and uh so yeah i I do think they can win some games whether it's enough to like make a run and get to the playoffs and stuff i i don't know i'd i'd like to see that when i believe or believe that when i see it but um i definitely think they they'll be really competitive the rest of the season once he's back 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I miss Anthony Simons really badly. I'm not even sure if I totally want to go on a win streak. I think it's probably <laughs> right. better long term if we're in the lottery. It sucks, obviously, to watch a rebuilding team, but um, it's probably for the best to get a lottery pick this offseason. I know this draft class isn't labeled that great, um, but still, you I mean, we can maybe hit on someone in the draft, hopefully, anyway. Um, but other than that, uh, as you were kind of hinting at the trade deadline, yeah, this team it better have a plan at the trade deadline because um, if there's one guy that absolutely, like in my opinion, 100% needs to be moved, he does not need to be on this team after the trade deadline. To me, it's Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think he makes any sense to stay on this team. Uh, he's actually been really good this season, and this would be the peak of his value right now as long as obviously he stays healthy until then. Uh, I think it is in our best interest to – move him as soon as possible if that's the, if that's at the deadline that's totally fine but there's no reason to keep him past the deadline in my opinion there's just no way um unless they think maybe if I, I don't know if like scoot not playing well might change their mind it might they might want to keep him i don't know if that's gonna affect things uh but there's plenty of time left to see if things turn around there uh but brogdon and then maybe even Thibel, because Thibel has been really good this season as well from shooting uh, shooting from three, which is something that's always been a problem with him. But since he's got to Portland, he's been pretty solid. Creeping that value up. Yeah, so the value of those two guys to me is pretty decent right now, and they should absolutely 100% take advantage of that, and there's no reason not to. Yeah, for me with Brogdon, it's just I having four guards. Like It's nice if one of them gets hurt to have – three good ones and and if if you don't have four and then two get hurt like we had earlier in the season then it looks really clunky uh or actually we had three three of the four hurt right at one point um so that was really bad but like you can't really factor that in i think in your long-term plan so if someone gets hurt between scoot sharp and ant again this season and is out for the rest of the season or something like robert williams then I could understand maybe keeping him and then trading him in the in the offseason. But then like what are you doing? Like if one of those guys gets hurt, we're probably not making a run. So you might as well get value out of him and just play the other guys 35, 36 minutes a game. Uh so yeah, it's always been for me with Brogdon. Uh like he's a guy that I wanted for a long time with Dame on the team, just as like a guy off the bench or like a third guard. But uh it just doesn't make sense to have a fourth guard that is as good as him. Um, I, I don't mind having a vet that um, can play a little bit, um, but just not someone who can play like 30 plus minutes a game and, and still is really good the way he is. I think that's more valuable in a, as a trade asset than to the team moving forward. And then you turn the keys over to, to Anthony and scoot and sharp at those, at the guard positions. And, um, just see what they can do the rest of the season. So I 100% agree that um, as much as I like Brogdon, he's he's pretty much has to be traded. What about Jeremy Grant? Because Grant's been really good this season. Um, there is a lot of reasons to potentially keep him because he's a great player. And there's a lot of reasons that maybe his value, and obviously people talk about how bad his contract is. I'm not really sure um, where you fall on that. But, uh, I mean, obviously it was a – overpay at the time but he's been good this season and i think there could be some value there as well with jeremy grant but i could understand i wouldn't be as upset with them if they decided not to move him if they kept him around i wouldn't hate it but if like the broad would be the one i'd be very mad about thibault somewhat understand if we kept him too and then grant i would understand but yeah grant what do you think about grant do we we move him potentially i think you play it like you're not going to move him and then hopefully use that as leverage to like get a team to overbid for him. And if that's the case, I think you still have to move him because um, I, I don't know. He's, he's been really good, but uh, like when scoot and sharp and stuff are in their primes, he, he's going to be in his mid thirties. And uh, I mean, he still would be a solid role player at that time, but I mean, players like that making 30 plus million um, when you have a younger core. I just, I think at some point you don't want to get stuck with that contract. Like you said, I don't think it's like negative or anything. Um, but I, I do think if you get a 
a very good package with a couple of good assets and can get out of that money long-term, I think you have to consider it. Um, I don't know, what's the cutoff for you for that asset package being worth it? Uh, I would say, uh, I mean, based off how he's playing this season, maybe I, I would love if we got two first. Like, mm -hmm. I would, that'd be amazing. We, I don't know what his trade value is around the league, obviously. We don't really know some guy's trade value until it happens. I mean, Gobert yeah. is always the perfect example. Nobody would have thought that, so... We traded two first for Covington at one point. So, like, I mean, I don't think it's too out of the realm of possibility to get, like, two firsts for him. But I would be happy if we got one first-round pick. As long as it's unprotected, I don't want, like, a protected first. Uh, a team I would love to see him on personally is Sacramento. I kind of wanted them. Well, I wanted Grant back. But if Grant would have went anywhere and the Kings had some cap space before they obviously brought Barnes back. Um, and I'm not even sure if the Kings would have like anything to evaluate. I know they would have to probably have Barnes contract in there, but I don't know exactly what else they could have thrown in there at the top of my head. But uh, I think Grant and Sacramento would be a lot of fun for them. But yeah, I think the cutoff for me is at least one unprotected first, but I would love if two first were on the table. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, uh, I think Sacramento is a good spot for him. I think him and Sabonis would be a good... Um four or five combo because Sabonis is a really good rebounder. So kind of mix up for some of uh, Jeremy's lack of rebounding. Uh, but Sabonis can also pass so he can kick out. Jeremy's been shooting the ball great from three, especially lately, uh, which we'll get to in the who's crushing it segment. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I think that's a really good landing spot. I think there's a lot of good landing spots for oh, Jeremy yeah. though. He fits uh, in a lot of places. Yeah. I think uh, I think he'd be good on the Lakers. I think he'd be good on on the 76ers. Uh, we've talked about 76ers a lot in the past. Not sure what they're going to do there. Um, I think he'd be good on like the the Heat too, but at Brogdon as well. But who knows if the Heat are going to be willing to yeah. to deal with the Blazers or what the story is there? But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of teams, and that's why I think in the end, if you if you get to first and like an expiring contract and um, maybe a, a young player on the rookie deal, similar to, you know, how you picked up Tamani Kamara in the Nurkic um, part of that trade. Uh, like, I think that's pretty good value. So you add another young player and then you get a couple first. If you can get an unprotected first in like 2029 or, <laughs> um, you know, somewhere in the future, 2029 in particular, because the more uh, protected picks we have that year, the better uh, chance we have of one of those at least panning out to be a really high pick. Um, so yeah, just load up on, on that draft. And uh, I think the Lakers could still do that. And, you know, LeBron would be in his mid forties by then. So uh, I think those, those are the kind of moves that might not, help you anytime like the next couple of years but if you're talking about rebuilding the right way and setting yourselves up for the best possible chance to make a run um when the younger guys hit their prime i think i think you pretty much have to if those offers are on the table now if if there's like a protected first and a bad contract or something is the best offer for jeremy i i, I think you're fine keeping them and planned it out through maybe next season or um, even or maybe look to deal them at the draft or in the offseason this year. Couldn't agree more with everything you just said there. Is there anything else you want to talk about Blazers related before we move on to the next segment? Well, they didn't make the in-season tournament, and so they have two consolation games or whatever, and those are against the Warriors and the – who's the other team? the Warriors and the Mavericks so two pretty tough tough games that they got added to their schedule unfortunately but uh the the Warriors pick though is uh still right in the lottery now. right now so that's one of those games where it you win or or you lose it helps you either way so um yeah uh hopefully they continue to be mid and don't make the playoffs but don't be so bad that their pick rises up um, because it would be really nice to have a really high or two really high picks this uh, draft. And that's top, where is this top three protected, right? 
It's top, top four. Top four. Yeah. Okay. But unlike the, like, you know, when we didn't get the New Orleans pick and it switched to a Milwaukee 2025 or whatever, this one just goes to next year and it's only top one protected next oh, year. Wow. So even I didn't even know that detail. That's, that's a beauty. Yeah. So even if they move up this year, um, it, we, we pretty much guaranteed to get it next year. And if it happens to be one next year, it's unprotected in 2026. So it's not like it's a, oh man, if they get up into the top four, it's it's gone forever or anything. Um, it might actually work out better if it doesn't. So yeah, either way, I think we're we're pretty good shape with that pick considering they're, they haven't been good this year. Yeah, that's something I didn't even realize what that would convey to if, uh, you know, back-to-back years they do somehow get top four, the number one. The Warriors, I think a lot of things would have to go wrong for the Warriors for that to happen. Right. You know, this year so far is not going very well for them. Draymond had a terrible turnover last night for them uh, down the stretch. Um, But other than that, uh, you know, opposite of what Draymond did last night, we got to talk about the who's crushing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And my first one is... He is a rookie, technically. Obviously, he got hurt <laughs> last year. Yeah. Mr. Chet Holmgren on the Oklahoma City Thunder has been absolutely phenomenal for them. Um, 18 points per game on the season so far. Uh, it was funny because the other night, actually, I had I think an o- I think I ha- I had an over. It was a uh, probably a week ago or whatever, but I had an over on Chet Holmgren over one and a half threes, and he only had hit one all game. And then uh, that buzzer beater that he hit, I think, to force overtime. Yeah, uh, was the last one he hit. And, oh, nice. Yeah, he hit the over. So uh, I got to thank Chet for that. But he has been absolutely great for the Thunder. And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think right now he's the leader for the Rookie of the Year race based off how bad the Spurs have been? Or do you think Vic still gets it no matter what? Uh, I think as long as Wemby plays the whole year, he's just, just the hype train around him is going to be tough to overcome. And then there are a few people that, might not vote for Chet just because he had a whole year to learn the NBA and be around the team and stuff. So um, I do think Wimby will get a little bit of um, bonus points there just because some people look back to that Ben Simmons. I think it was Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, was it? the Yeah. Where Ben Simmons won, but he had not played. Um the same similar situation so uh yeah there's always narratives like that when when there's voting um since it's human human voting uh there's always going to be bias and stuff so it's hard to tell who's ahead right now but i mean if you just look at impact on winning um that's more of a most valuable thing not a rookie thing but it's definitely chet so far he's He's been awesome, and uh, yeah, was, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting race as long as those two both both stay healthy. I think either one could win at this point. Uh, yeah, and did you know that I, – I don't know if you uh, ended up seeing this, but when we made our predictions on that show at the very beginning, I was the only one – I was on a Chet Island, so – I yeah <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's going to work out for me, but that would be yeah. awesome if it did. So. I mean – Looking pretty good right now. Everyone chose Victor Webb and Yama other than me, which I was surprised by. I thought a couple people would agree with me, but no one did. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, though. Who's your uh, first pick? Uh, my first one is Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's the last seven games averaging uh, 22.4 points, 7.3 assists as a forward. That's really nice. Um, something to see him develop his passing a lot over the years. Um and the Wizards suck, but uh, I feel like he's been a bright spot. And uh, I don't know if he'll get traded or not this year, but he's definitely um, getting that trade value up. And, and a, a team um, that's in need of a forward, uh, that might be some competition uh, for the Jeremy Grant um, trade, is that Kuzma could be sitting there a little, maybe a little cheaper in terms of contract-wise. Um option for teams so uh just someone to look forward to see how he's doing the rest of the season my second one is someone who we're very familiar with uh spent his you know a lot of his career in portland and that is mr dame dalla damian lord uh the bucks coming around yeah the bucks are starting to click and 
Dame in particular at the very beginning seemed like he was a little uncomfortable in Milwaukee's offense, and now he's been really good, averaging 26 points per game so far this season, and I think the last game he's averaged like over 30 points per game. Him and Giannis are really starting to click. Uh, 32 points, 31 points, 27 and 30 are the last uh, four box scores as far as points, and he's getting teammates involved with nine assists, 10 assists, which is obviously something we've known that Dame can do, but a lot of people like discredit his playmaking and don't Mm -hmm. think he's gets people involved he doesn't make teammates better we've heard that argument a lot so uh but yeah dame has been really good he had uh he was very good uh last night against miami like it's it, dame's been turning things around in milwaukee um when a lot of people were uh you know overreacting about him at the start of the season yeah you could tell he was being a little passive um but when it comes crunch time man they milwaukee's needed that um i saw some things about the game uh, against the Heat where people were saying it was like a very similar situation to, I think, game four in the playoffs where um, the Bucks just could not get a bucket down the stretch and end up losing a game. And Dame changes that for them, that dynamic heat. He makes it so uh, they always have that go-to weapon in the clutch time where he can take over a game and, and create a basket for him. And, uh, you know, if Giannis tries to do it, I mean, Giannis is great, but like a lot of times teams will foul him and make him earn at the free throw line and stuff like that. You can't do that with Dame. You have to, you have to try to keep him off the foul line. So I think that's, um, in the end going to be, uh, the greatest boost for, for Milwaukee with Dame is just having, him in the in the crunch time to to kind of lead that team and and be that main guy who can get a bucket in a close game yeah definitely all right my next guy is devin booker um probably too good and once again to be on this but i just want to point out that he's he's averaging 8.4 assists per game um there were a lot of question marks for the suns Coming into the season, not having a true point guard, could Devin Booker do it full-time? I think he's proving that he can. Um, And while averaging 28.9 points per game over his last seven as well, almost five rebounds per game, and also had a game-winning shot against the Knicks the other night, which was nice. Um, So, yeah, Devin Booker playing really well for the Suns. Also had a great interview when uh, he was – or they told him – a lot of people said you couldn't play point guard or whatever. What do you say to people like that? He said, I don't talk to them. So <laughs> Devin Booker, yeah, he's been great for the Suns. Uh, they're on a seven-game win streak right now as well, 11-6. and six. Uh, Have I don't think – did Bill Booker and Durant play together yet? I don't think they did, right? Or was it one game? Uh, No, Bill was supposed to play. And then they, like, and then said, they scratched him at the last minute yeah, and then so. that he was ruled out for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I don't even think they played together yet. Which is so. – pretty insane to think about with how Mm -hmm. uh, you know we're 17 games in the season or they've played 17 games so it's pretty crazy uh that they don't even have beal yet and uh they're you know really good which isn't too surprising they're ended up sneaking into the in the mid-season tournament yeah uh they have durant booker it's not it's not a too surprise but i i only had two so i don't know if you have uh any more yeah my last one is trey young also last seven games 27 points Per game, 10.6 assists and is shooting 42.4% from three, just playing, uh, shooting the ball well, which is always the key for him. Um, but yeah, just uh, been pretty good last few games. I wanted to ask you so far into this season, um, you may, I don't know if you need to pull uh, the standings up for this, but I didn't know if. Th- is there anything that's surprising to you so far as far as like any team around in the league? Like, are you surprised that they're this good or were you expecting it? Like, is there any team that stands out to you right now? Cause I'm curious to see if there is something at the top of your head or if you have anybody. Um, see there's, there's teams like the magic and the Pacers that are really good, but that doesn't necessarily surprise me yeah, that much because me like I, I thought there was a chance they could be good. Not that I expect them to both be this good, but like, um, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily surprised me. Uh, Milwaukee struggling. Dame, you know, struggling a little bit. Surprised me. Um, 
Philadelphia being as good as they've been without Harden, um, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, in the negative way, I guess uh, I've been really surprised at how bad or how like kind of mediocre Cleveland's been. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Mine is the Grizzlies. It, I'm surprised at how bad uh, they are. I know they're without yeah. John Morant, but you know they had a good record without him and they had smart now so i'm really surprised that they're this bad to be honest with you i did not expect that yeah i did not see coming so that's smart got hurt too but yeah um yeah they just have to find a way i think they have like nine games or so until uh jaws back so they just have to find a way to make it until then but man that team just gets snake bitten with injuries as well or own stupidity (laughs) um (laughs) The other, the other team that's just really boggling to me is the Clippers. Uh, oh, yeah. They haven't had injury problems this year. Um, they lose the other night to uh, Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan killed them. Like <laughs> speaking of who's crushing it, man. Like those, those two just like took over the game, and like I was like, is this like? 2017 or something like what the heck is going on here um revenge so game yeah. for both of them i guess yeah. just not that i thought like harden was like the perfect person for them but i mean you still got Kawhi and paul george playing it's not like they're sitting out games or been hurt or anything yet so i i, I just find it hard to believe that they're struggling so bad without um injuries being the reason and uh also the Warriors, I mean, I know Draymond was out a little bit. Um, Curry missed a couple games, but uh, you never think they're going to be under 500 almost 20 games into the season either. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, when I was making my picks against the spread last or, you know, when last time we did it, uh, before the Jokic news, I sent my pick in and I forgot. I think I forgot what the spread was when Jokic was still, you know, obviously before that news came out, but. I'm glad I, I, I doubled down on that game, and it would have been the wrong one. I forgot what the spread was, but I ended up changing it in the stream, and I'm so glad that I did because nice. I think Denver was obviously – I think Denver, I think the Clippers line went like to, to them, obviously. But I was mm. like, for whatever reason, I just feel like the Nuggets are going to keep this game close because the Clippers just aren't very good. And yeah. sure enough, that was the case, and they even won the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Clippers, obviously, that has been surprising as well. I'm also uh, surprised on how – I guess it's not like too surprising, but I'm kind of surprised that the Pistons are so bad. Like I knew yeah. it'd be bad, but like 14 game losing streak is not something I saw coming at all. I thought they'd be a little bit better with Cade coming, uh, Cade coming back, uh, and Monty Williams is the coach now. I know they've not mm-hmm. had Bojan all season, but I'm a little surprised on how bad they've been. And again, I wasn't expecting to be like a playoff team by any no. means, but I thought they'd be a little bit better. Um, yeah, not but, 13 losses in a row or whatever it is. Yeah, it's 14 yeah. now, which is pretty 14, crazy. yeah. Um, uh, yeah one thing with them, I don't know if you saw the report today, but apparently they there was some report that they turned down two first-round picks last year at the trade deadline for Bogdanovich. I saw that, and they're absolutely insane if that's true. Yeah. Like, how do you not take that? What they get, I don't even think they gave up much to get him. Like, it was like a Linux and a – I don't even know if there was a pick in that trade. I don't even remember, but – I know it wasn't like anything crazy, and I'm I don't mm-hmm. know why they're why that's not something they decided to do. If that news is true, yeah. Uh, Even if they're like lottery protected first, that's still. Uh, I think you had to take that, man. I don't like if we're talking about this with some of our players that we turned down to first round picks, and we're talking about this like a year from now. Did you hear that report today that we turned down two firsts for Malcolm Brogdon or something like? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be living, man. Yeah, I would be pretty upset if I was a Pistons fan uh, as well, especially since they've been starting a Sar Thompson this season, and I don't know what their lineup will look like when Boyan is back. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, that's just it's a head scratcher for me on why they wouldn't take that if that is true. Yeah, well, Thompson's been great. Yeah, I, he's been. I've a lot enjoyed of fun. watching him play. Uh, but other than that, I think. Um, we can move on to the next thing if you had something else to add. Um, but I just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about Blazers. Well, we did earlier, but uh, Brogdon, since he came back four games, averaging over 20 points per game, eight assists, and shooting 42.1% from three. Jeremy Grant, his last seven games, 23.9 points per game, 
and shooting 51.2% from three. So I think those are the two blazers that are crushing it lately. Yeah. uh, I'll just piggyback off those because I mean, those, those guys have been really good. Obviously Brogdon kind of expected Grant, um, you know, he's got a lot of shots, shots and freedom on this team and he's been phenomenal with them, which is great. Because mm-hmm. at least we're not watching Grant play horrible every night. At least it's good. So, because obviously we're going to have to watch a lot of him this year. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's going to do it. Unless if you had uh, any prospect to watch today or. Yeah. Do you want who sucks prospect of the yeah. week? Let's go. Let's get uh, so this week. Uh, so we're, we're just going to start off with some of the big hitters. Uh, so we did uh, Alex Sar last time. This time, uh, this is the guy who's rose, risen up to. Uh, number one on a lot of people's draft boards uh, maybe not on the Blazers draft board uh, but it's Isaiah Collier from USC uh, he's listed at 6'3 he's probably more like 6'1 6'2 uh, but just true uh, def- or uh, lead guard um, I kind of get Donovan Mitchell slash Jaden Ivey vibes from him Um in college at least uh great playmaker uh pretty good vision uh has strength to get into the lane uh finishes well around the rim uh gets to the rim with ease kind of uses the strength a little too much sometimes gets um gets in trouble with some offensive fouls for pushing off but uh just kind of what i've watched him is like kind of like what I was hoping Scoot would be <laughs> this year. Um, and there he did have uh, one of his biggest question marks was his outside shooting, um, whether he could become a dependable outside shooter. So far, he's shooting over 41% from three in college. So that seems to be a question he has answered and worked hard on. His form looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, just uh, a guy who's making plays scoring the ball and um and doing a really nice job for usc right off the bat as a freshman suck at ball for isaiah call lear <laughs> i don't know you have to work on that one man. <laughs> yeah i couldn't think of a good one uh but yeah. it's funny because um i actually draft isaiah collier a lot in the draft class that i use in 2k even drafted him in today's video uh for that 10-year rebuild and he was like basically the guy i built the team around so yeah, I'm very familiar with him, at least in 2K. So um, yeah. I'm happy to hear he's uh, on your uh, watch list because um, I, I tend to draft him a lot because he's really he develops like crazy in that draft class that I mm-hmm. use. So I always find myself drafting him. So, all right, before I get to my question, so check out, he's talking about Crushables, uh, the channel on YouTube here. Go check that out, please. It's a great channel if you like rebuilds and stuff like that, 2K stuff. So go check out Crushables on YouTube, please. And then also, uh, you know, check out Blazers Uprise as well. Uh, do post games after every game. And then, uh, so my question for you is, you know how Cronin, and this should be pretty much every GM's philosophy, and you do a lot of rebuilds, so this probably comes up a lot. What do you do if you have a pick it doesn't even have to be the first pick it could be second or third or fourth or whatever and by far the best player on your board is a guy like isaiah collier <laughs> and you're the blazers what do you do do you just draft the best player and just make it work maybe trade someone or <laughs> like at some point you can't just keep drafting guards but <laughs> also you can't pass up on the best player on your board if he's the best player right so uh, like, what do you do in that situation? Uh, I guess it depends on how, if Scoot turns things around this season, but yeah. maybe we could Josh Rosen him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, uh, if you'd watch... Don't put that into existence, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you watch football, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, I, dude, I cannot, I, if we dropped another guard, like <laughs> that would just be absolutely insane. I don't know if you could do that. Like, it's almost like when the Warriors, obviously LaMelo Ball, well, I mean, James Wiseman was supposed to be a good prospect, but LaMelo Ball was clearly the better player in a lot of people's opinions, but the Warriors just didn't think LaMelo made sense in their team. 
So, or he didn't want to deal with his dad. Yeah, that too. Because uh, his dad was, which is dad. Although he hasn't been a problem in Charlotte. Yeah, I'm yeah. about to say I haven't heard anything about his dad in a long time. But um, yeah, I can't, man. Like, <laughs> draft someone else. I don't care. Trade down if you need to. Like, right. do not draft another guard unless, if like I said, you're gonna do that. Uh, draft obviously Cardinals trade Josh Rosen and draft or or they draft Kyler Murray um the very next year after draft rosen uh but yeah i hope we don't end up doing that like that would suck it's about talent acquisition though you gotta <laughs> get the best talent and figure it out later that's what cronin said man at some point it needs to stop <laughs> we can't keep drafting guards and thinking it's gonna work but we have another well possibly another pick around 10 or so right now so yeah well, we can draft our forwards there right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not, and then also not work out anybody at that pick and just yeah. draft whoever and say, just, hey, we had Keegan Murray as a lottery pick or whatever, and I don't know. Chris Murray. Or Sorry, Chris Murray, not Keegan yeah. Murray. Keegan Murray would have been a lottery yeah, pick. Yeah, Keegan Murray, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I, I'm almost kind of hoping to not be put in that position because, like, if we got number one and Collier's, like, on everyone's board is the number one pick like yeah you pretty pretty much either have to trade it or you have to trade scoot right like there's no real alternative there (laughs) just finally run out that four guard lineup or something i don't know (laughs) or trade simons and just draft collier and have scoot sharp and collier i don't know man like yeah i hope we're not in that position either but anything else you want to add before we sign off on this one uh no, this the uh, Blazers have uh well it'll be tonight. Uh who are they playing tonight? Cavs. The Cavs tonight in Cleveland. Um and then yeah, uh so that should be a, a good game, good test of where they're at. Cleveland has not been playing well this year, like I said a few minutes ago. Um uh, so hopefully they can um have another strong showing and hopefully scoot looks good again uh, this game would be nice to see him uh continue to pile up good performances all right boys hope you guys enjoyed this episode make sure to drop a like subscribe if you are new to this channel uh but that's going to do it for us this week on this episode thank you guys for watching this is ben hoops crush go blazers